This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is Front Row on The Bigger Picture. I'm Julia Jacobs. The latest edition of Johann Sebastian Bach's Lesser Hurt 1725 St. John Passion will be performed for the first time in Malaysia by the Malaysia Bach Festival Singers and Orchestra led by conductor Dr. David Chin. So this special version includes some of the most unique and dramatic arias which Bach has ever composed and Bach uses multidimensional and multi-layered music in this timeless masterpiece to explore the meaning of love, friendship, betrayal, pain, suffering, longing, hope and so much much more, which are highly relatable to all of us. So today on the show, I'm joined by uh, two Bach scholars, Professor Dr. Manuel Beavald and Dr. David Chin, who is the founder and artistic director of Bachfest Malaysia. And Dr. Manuel is a distinguished visiting Bach scholar for the Bachfest Malaysia. They are in the studio with me today. Welcome, gentlemen. How are you today? Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. So as I was telling uh, Manuel before the uh, before we started talking, the last time I saw you, David, you were in a beautiful wig. You were <laughs> <laughs> you know, totally embodying the personality of Bach in the uh, performance for children, Hello Mr. Bach, which was a wonderful, wonderful performance. You know, congratulations on Thank that. Thank you very much. It was an incredible experience and we have many enthusiastic audience of all ages and it was wonderful. Yeah, so and uh, including my two children who are now huge Bach fans. So, you know, uh, job done there. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, you've been so busy, you know, and now you've got this other performance coming up uh, and, you know, a very unique one, not seen before in Malaysia. And you've got... Manuel here to to help us as well. Manuel, you've never been on the show before. I know you're just fresh off the plane, uh, straight into the studio to talk to us today. Uh, maybe we can get to know you a little bit better. Can you share, you know, how you initially uh, became fascinated with the works of Johann Sebastian Bach and what actually inspired you to pursue a career as a Bach scholar? Yes, I've, I was born in Leipzig and uh, grew up there. And um, so when you when you live there and are into music, you um, you will always come across Johann Sebastian Bach. And I studied musicology in Leipzig. And then I did an internship at the Bach Archive. Um, and then I got stuck there. And, <laughs> um, for how long? For um, Well, I worked there for uh, 15 years. Wow. Okay. Um, so all started with an internship. And then I did my dissertation. And then I uh, became a Bach scholar there. And uh, also um, working on uh, in the library and being responsible for the Bach manuscripts. Um, they, they store there. And yeah, my last work there was the uh, latest edition of the St. John Passion. Okay, which is we're going to hear uh, for the first time here at Malaysia. Exactly, yeah. So is that where... I'm so honoured that e this is uh, going to happen. Yes, and you know, I think uh, audiences are really, you know, going to be very excited to hear it. But I'm just curious, is that where the both of you met at the archive? Is that how you yes, met? Yes, in yeah. 2018, I believe, um, I was invited to the archive right after Bachfest Leipzig and thanks to Michel Mall. So um, there I met uh, Manuel and already in our first meeting, we 
had several manuscripts um, in front of us, and some were Bach's cantatas, and then there, were, there was a very important letter that um, Bach had written to the town council regarding the performances of the cantatas, uh, which um, Manuel has brought also a facsimile of this letter. Oh. So we already was in this um, discussion about performance and performance practice and all these things, and um, it was wonderful. And then I think only several months later, I returned to Germany and we filmed Encountering Bach, which is now on YouTube and viewed by many people. And of course, Manuel, uh, he is also um, a co-host in the documentary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I knew I recognized you from somewhere. So it was, a, yes, the documentary, <laughs> definitely. And, you know, both of you as prominent Bach scholars, right? Um, what are some of the most, I guess, rewarding discoveries or insights that you've made while studying his compositions, uh, perhaps in their historical context as well? Um, well, we can directly come to, to St. John Passion. Sure. Um, so what we, what we call St. John Passion and the normal version of St. John Passion isn't so normal as, as we <laughs> think. It's, um, it's a version that we uh, used to perform for maybe 150 years. And um, because people in the 19th century totally misunderstood the the original sources oh. and um, so what um, Bach scholarship was doing in the last decade was uh, reinterpreting uh, all these sources and put them in a historical correct order and so uh, we got to Two versions of the work that were originally and really performed by Bach in Leipzig in the in the Leipzig churches, okay. and um, this is really remarkable to to have these original versions now to to know how the music sounded when Bach was performing it and not how it was sounding when 19th century people uh, performed it, which is also interesting, but. We want to do hear the original one. And how did you discover that there was that sort of, I don't know if I'm using the right word, but error or, you know, how did you realize that, you know, it wasn't how it was, how it sounded uh, when Bach performed it? Yeah, it was not me who, who not dis- discovered sure. that. Um, it was in, um, so the new Bach edition was um, edited since the 1950s and um, an American Bach scholar, um, Arthur Mendel, was doing for this uh, new Bach edition the St. John Passion volume, and he was dealing with the whole material for, uh, I guess, 20 years or something like that until he came up with his um, edition. But um, the, the directors of the edition decided, well, Yes, there are these several versions you have uh, discovered, but well, we all know um, this normal version very well, and uh, all the audience and no one would understand why we came up with with several versions. No, we we do the normal one, and we do an appendix where we a little bit explain how this works with these other versions, and uh, so this is the reason why we um, didn't have like editions of of the 
of the original versions sure. until uh, until now. Until now, okay. So what an amazing discovery, right? And uh, I know it wasn't you, but you know, coming yeah. and, and and performing that now. So how amazing is that, right? I, mean, that I think he spent how how long did you spend editing this version? Two, three years, and that was a pandemic project, isn't it? Um, well, the pandemic helped to um, uh, finalize it a bit quicker. <laughs> um, so um, yes, two. Uh, well, maybe four years when you started. Yes, in total, mm-hmm. something like that. Wow. Okay. And, and and that's no easy feat, right? And and of course, you know, we know that Bach's music is known for intri- you know its intricate complexities, right? And but you know, for scholars like you, how do you go about unraveling and interpreting those sorts of complexities to both scholarly but also general audiences? Either of you? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, usually, um, when I conduct a, a piece by Bach and usually is, is a vocal music and I will start with the text and I think this particular version why there are some additional arias and also why Bach would particularly um, revisit this piece in 1725 and make it the way it is um, for example in the beginning the opening uh, cor- chorus in the first version, um, it was just a, a regular text of praise to the lordship and all that. But for this particular this particular version, the St. John Passion opened with um, a, a chorus piece that is based on a chorale tune. So chorale means hymns, which the congregations, they were very familiar with. Because in the year, in his second year in Leipzig, Bach actually um, composed the entire year, all the cantatas, almost every week, based on a different hymn tune. Mm. So therefore, I think oh, for this St. John Passion that he had also um, added in more hymn tunes, of familiar hymn tunes for people, maybe to get more accustomed uh, to the work. So the beginning, also the end, you know, and in the middle, even this very dramatic aria so when a soloist is singing maybe a set of texts and then Bach would choose another set of texts to kind of uh, uh, overlay it so when you put two different texts together then it creates a, a fuller or maybe a, a different meaning a different perspective so for people to ponder for people to think mm. so those Quran tunes usually were written maybe around or a little bit earlier than Bach's times right so then people can relate mm-hmm. Okay, and and for you, Manuel? Well, maybe again to the to the chorales, they they were very meaningful for for the people in the 18th century. So this is a, a very special thing in in Lutheran theology and and daily life of of past times. So these uh, these chorales, they were uh, well known by by all the people and um, so when you um, compose a, a complex piece like a, like a passion oratorio uh, only with arias and complex choirs it is I guess or would have been very hard for the congregation to follow this uh, for two hours or when it comes to St. Matthew Passion for three hours and when there are a lot of chorales uh, in in this music, it's very uh, easy, or it makes it easy for the audience to to follow this emotionally, and and also to have texts they they remember and they could have easily um, sing along. Mm-hmm. And in this concert, actually, there will be four chorales I have translated into English and Mandarin, and for the audience to sing together. Oh, lovely! And so um, that that's very exciting. I mean, speaking of the audience during Bach's time. 
I mean, nowadays we are in 21st century. I mean, all of us, almost all of us go to school and most of us go to university. We are highly educated people. But yet we will say something like, oh, I don't understand Bach. I can't listen to Bach. But I mean, during Bach's time, those audience they uh, most of them were illiterate. I mean, they don't yeah. read, they can't read, but yet they will sit through a passion and they could be moved by the performance. So I think there's no reason for our audience today to say, I don't understand it or I don't love it. I think before we say we love someone or not, we like someone or not, we have to give ourselves a chance to experience it first and to get to know it first before we can decide we like it or not. And um, also, I think if anyone in the world who is capable to appreciate music of a different language, from a different country, from a different time, it would be Malaysians. I mean, because we were born into this community where we have to get along with people from different backgrounds, different religion, different skin color, and different kind of food. And I think um, if any countries in Asia, well, Malaysia would be the first country where, where Bach will be welcome to. Mm-hmm, definitely. Let's just go for a quick break, gentlemen. When we come back, let's talk a little bit more about um, the historical context in which Bach composed St. Pas- John Passion. I'm speaking today to Professor Dr. David Chin. He's the founder and artistic director of Bach Fest Malaysia and Professor Dr. Manuel Beavald. He's a distinguished visiting Bach scholar uh, for Bach Fest Malaysia and they are set to perform St. John Passions, the 1725 version. We're going to find out all about that after this quick break. Keep it right here on Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Front Row on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. In the studio with me today, two distinguished Bach scholars, Professor Dr. David Chin, the founder and artistic director of Bachfest Malaysia, and visiting from Germany, Professor Dr. Manuel Biawald. He is a distinguished visiting Bach scholar for the Bachfest, for Bachfest Malaysia. Uh, the performance coming up uh, over the Merdeka, well, over Merdeka on the 30th and 31st of August is St. John Passion, the 1725 version. Uh, and this is going to be the first time it's performed in Malaysia by the Malaysia Bach Festival Singers and Orchestra, led, of course, by David here. So we're finding out all about that. David, I forgot to, uh, you know, I mentioned Professor Dr. David, but I forgot to say that you are, you have some good news for us, isn't it? You are heading off soon. Yes, I, I'm very honoured that um, I have been invited to be the professor at the Augustana University in, in the United States starting oh, this December. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I'm so happy for you. So yes, that's why there's a professor in front of, there's a two professors here with me today. Um, and I guess, you know, we do want to get to know uh, St. John Passion a bit better, right? So you'd, I think before the break, you sort of mentioned how it differs from his other major choral uh, choral works, right? Uh, maybe now we can elaborate a little bit on the historical context in which Bach composed St. John Passion. That's very important to, to know about uh, the context because um, it wasn't normal um, for a composer to, in the 18th century, in the early 18th century, to sit down and, and compose uh two or three hours lasting piece. And so the, the Leipzig tradition of performing um, passion oratorios on uh, a Good Friday was only um, two years old when Bach came to Leipzig. So it started in, in 1721 with, with Johann Kuhnau, who was the first to um, perform such an oratorio. And so this, this new tradition, uh, Bach take over and in his first year, um, he performed St. John Passion. It was his first big uh, oratorio, first big work he composed for Leipzig or the first big music with 
choir and orchestra. Uh, he composed at all, uh, I think. And so his first version was performed in St. Nicholas Church in, in Leipzig, um, which is the, the second big church beside uh, St. Thomas Church, because they they uh, alterate between St. Thomas and St. Nicholas every year. And in 1724, it was the... Um, That was the year when when the passion was was on the row for uh, for Saint uh, Nicholas, okay. and the only big pieces who, who were performed like like this, um, so like two or three hours, were operas um, um. in in this time. And the oratorios are very much the same, like like an opera, but with a um, sacred context, sacred uh, text. And so there are arias, there are recitativos, and the special thing for the oratorios are what we talked about, the chorales and the big choirs. I mean, Bach never composed a single opera in his life, mm. I mean, because of his the, the nature of his jobs and his positions. But we know that Bach really liked opera. We, we know that he would often um, take his son to Dresden to see the most uh, updated, the, the newest opera there. And... But you know, um, Bach didn't compose any opera, but he would put in all this very dramatic music and the dramatic uh, writing into uh, cantatas and passion, and which is what we'll be hearing is basically a, a sacred opera. Okay, and and that was what I was going to ask you. You know, how did he incorporate these sorts of uh, dramatic elements, right, into the uh, into Saint John Passion's narrative, right? So, it, I mean, obviously, it draws from the Gospel of uh, John, right? Um, but you know, yeah. So, what are the the what are those elements of uh, drama that we will also? Yes, hear? I mean, if you are familiar with the uh, the Gospel of John, I mean, it, it's very dramatic. I mean, first of all, um, when they came, uh, Judas and the soldiers, they came and captured Jesus, and then one of Jesus' disciples were cutting off someone's ears. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Jesus um, healed that guy. So these are some dramatic contexts. Or when they were trying to crucify Jesus, the crowd is singing, "Crucify him! Crucify him!" Um, you know, and then there's the pilot there um, being self-righteous or want nothing to do with this, but then he had to make a decision. So there's also a lot of exploration of the um, emotional side or psychological side of these characters, and in the passion. The chorus actually plays a very important role because one moment they have to be this uh, nasty crowd who is crucifying Jesus, and then the next moment they have to um, transform themselves into the believers singing a chorale of hymns that is reflecting on this matter. And then the next moment, maybe they have to be um, these Pharisees or these deacons, you know, talking about, oh, we have this old law, and in this old law is so and so and, and that, and we don't, uh, and then, or then the next moment they have to become someone who is mocking Jesus, you know, king of the Jews, look at you, <laughs> da, 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 you know. So um, in that way, it's very dramatic. And of course, and the soloists, they also have very dramatic uh, character. For example, um, Jesus himself is, is a character in this um, passion and is sung by Baritone and uh, my good friend Caleb Wu from Hong Kong. And of course, you have the narrator, um, Evangelist, who is sung by uh, Sarawakian, Okawa Tanner, a f- fantastic tenor. And then, of course, you have the pilot um, presented by uh, Mark Chi Ho in this concert, which is well-known singer and choreographer director in Malaysia. Mm. So... Um, 
yes, you have all these characters plus the crowd, and then in between, sometimes we pause to reflect the matters, and then you also have this storyline of Peter. You know, Jesus said, "You are going to deny me three times before the sunrise," and then Peter said, "I would never deny <laughs> you. You are my Jesus. I love you. I would never." But then, indeed, when Jesus was captured. Three times, you know, you know, there was a servant in the garden asking Peter, well, you know, do you know this guy? I saw you with him in the garden. He's like, no, I don't know him, you know, denied him. And then, you know, when the sun came out, when the rooster crew, and then Peter realized, wow, I really have denied Jesus. And then we have uh, moments to explore the psychological and emotional um, side of Peter, even in within the context of uh, St. John Passion. So, I mean, it's a lot um, it's very rich and full and this music just adds so much to the story and that's what I like about Bach. Mm-hmm. Manuel, anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah, you, you mentioned the, the, the reflection and that plays an important role. So it's not only the, the drama but also the, the reflection, the soloists do in the arias and the music takes over this, this pictures that are drawn in the text and um, yeah, put Bach put these texts into music. There is, uh, you hear the pain, you hear the the thunders, uh, you hear um, earthquake, earthquake, yeah. especially. Yeah, you can. So he he is painting pictures with with music. Wow. Yeah, and with the earthquake scene, I actually. I didn't ask Bach, but I make a little bit of freedom <laughs> of choice there. But it's a surprise and the audience will come and wait for that scene. It's different from any other performance that we have okay. or anyone have ever done. Okay. So, All right. All right. That's, that's something new <laughs> that, that we're going to Yeah. Because yeah. I, I mean, I was going to ask that, you know, you know, how has the interpretation and performance of St. John Passion uh, evolved over time? And what are some modern approaches to performing this work? I mean, in Malaysia, we, I mean, nowadays in the world, when you do box works, uh, especially with professionals, usually you would have a Baroque orchestra, Baroque ensemble, which they, in which they would use the period instruments, you know, probably maybe violin from 300 years ago or things like that. I mean, we don't have a full orchestra yet with, with period instrument, but we do have a real harpsichord built by Malaysia. And it's the first harpsichord that is being built in Malaysia. And, and that's what I will be using um, to to conduct from. I will be playing all the recitative and some arias um, while, while I conduct. But um, we try to create the sound um, based on all this research, the recent research, and um, try to even with modern instrument to create a sound which is um, also accurate maybe from the time of Bach, but then also suitable for modern, modern audience and also for our space. So I think it's a very good balance. Okay, all right. And so let's talk about, you know, this uh, this current performance. So again, you know, premiere here in Malaysia, right? A Malaysian premiere. Um, who, you've mentioned some of those who are going to be performing. Who are some of the others that you've got, uh, you know, performing with you? Well, I'm very honoured, really, truly, because um, in our choir, there are 16 members. Mm-hmm. All of them are important uh, conductors, either in schools or in their own ensemble. I mean, also from the orchestra, basically uh, 35 of us, they are all leaders uh, of m- important music groups in Malaysia. For example, the gamba player and the violin player, um, they are leaders of the Wicked Music People Ensemble and in the uh, choir, in the tenor group. And uh, Scott Wu, he is uh, the leader of the Versus Ensemble. And then you also have um, school teachers who are conductors and, of course, uh, 
most of the members, uh, if they don't have a bachelor degree in music, maybe they have a master's degree or even doctorate degree in music. And we have a professor, uh, Dr. Andrew Filmer from Sunway University, who is the leader of the uh, of the department. So, I mean, I am just uh, overwhelmed when I come to think of this. I mean, who am I, David Chin? You know, um, but. The fact that these people are willing to come together and to work on this project with me and with Buckfest, I mean, this is a huge motivation for me um, to carry on with Buckfest, um, even though sometimes it may be overwhelming and, and difficult and challenging. Mm -hmm. okay. You should and maybe mention one historic aspect. You uh, We're talking about uh, historical performance practice and the instruments and uh, the harpsichord, but you were also saying that you have uh, 16 members in, in the choir and um, you mentioned uh, the letter we were looking at when you've been in, in Leipzig, Bach wrote to the town council where he's explaining how he performs his music and he explains what is his ideal size of a choir and this is 16. Ah. So um, four singers for each part, soprano, alto, tenor, um, bass, so... And also our orchestra Perfect. would be similar size to what the latter. We have three first violin and two second violin, two viola. Exactly, we have a yes. gamba and a cello. So the size of the choir and the ensemble um, that you will see in this concert is Bach's ideal size um, for to perform this work. And then also, in addition to the concert performance this time, the reason that Manuel is here is because we have a very special Bach manuscript exhibition. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Please tell us more about that, uh, Manuel. Okay, I brought some manuscripts, some documents from uh, Leipzig, including a facsimile of this letter where Bach explains how he wants his music to uh, performed, and he also explains how he actually has it to perform because uh, he don't has uh, all the people he he wanted. And I brought some facsimiles of cantata manuscripts where we see how, uh, on the one hand, he composed the music, so look to the scores, how he corrects uh, in the process of composing, but also how his how he used his students to write out the parts that were used for uh, the performances. And so we can really uh, look on the um, on the practice of how this all, all this material uh, evolved and how the music uh, were brought to, to the paper and from the paper um, to the churches and, and to the audience. And uh, yeah, several uh, documents like this. And I believe Manuel also brought um, two libretto books, which, is, uh, which are the books uh, with the lyrics were about put into cantatas. And these two books were originally printed in the 1700 during Bach's lifetime. Oh. And all the concert ticket holders will get a free access to this exhibition, which we have, we have tried to set up very nicely with very useful information. And they will get to see all this document. And through these documents, they will have um, uh, an idea of into Bach's life and his music. Okay. And this exhibition will be happening at the same venue of the concert? Exactly. So the concert will be taking place in the first floor of Luther Center. And the entire fifth floor has been uh, designed into like a pop-up Museum. So nice. from August 30th to September 2nd, every day from uh, 1 p.m. to 7 p.m., um, people could freely come and visit the exhibition. But there are also um, several time slots where uh, Manuel will be giving a special guided tour. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, people who have the concert 
tickets, they could sign up online to see which guided tour they want to come. So this is a precious opportunity. I believe it has never been done in Malaysia. So I'm very looking forward to this exhibition as well, in addition to the concert performance. And on top of that, there's also going to be special lectures. Am I correct? That's right. On Merdeka Day, August 31st, um, 3 in the afternoon, um, because this concert, uh, this year, uh, the Lutheran Church in Malaysia, they are celebrating the 70th anniversary of the Lutheran Church in Malaysia. As you know, J.S. Bach, he was a Lutheran and most of his sacred music were written for the congregation uh, from the Lutheran Church. So I think this is a very reasonable and natural collaboration. And I grew up in a Lutheran Church and I'm very grateful that Bishop has agreed for this collaboration. So I have invited our Bishop, Bishop Thomas Lowe. At three o'clock, he will um, give a lecture talking about Christ's passion from the perspective of John. Mm. So how John, for example, different from Matthew, different from Mark, how does John look at Christ's suffering and Christ's passion and how did he write it out in the in the in the scripture so that's three to four in the afternoon on August 31st and then from four to five I would give uh, I will I will be giving a lecture on how to appreciate and how to listen and what to listen for in St. John Passion and of course um, every night before the concert which is starting at eight o'clock at 7.30, Manuel will be giving a pre-concert talk to the audience and kind of guide them on how to appreciate this wonderful monumental piece. Okay. So any, any highlights you want to share about you know, what you're going to be discussing uh, before the concert starts? Um, so we'll, we'll give the people an idea um, what, what is this piece um, about? What is an oratorio and why, the, why is it structured like, like it is? And... Um, why do we listen to such music 300 years after it was uh, composed and what what are the special pieces the uh, audience should have um, a special attention to okay so so not just a performance you're going to learn everything about it it's so educational so informational so so much happening so again it's happening uh, on the 30th and 31st of August so that's just next week uh, the performance starts at 8 o'clock but as you mentioned David you know our lectures start from 7.30 so you know hit there early it's happening at the Word Auditorium at the Luther Centre in Petaling Jaya. That's over at 6 Jalan Utara, PJS 52 uh, in Selangor. Tickets are priced at uh, 168 ringgit for regular tickets and 288 tickets for premium tickets. Uh, it, it is uh, The concert is said to be suitable for children, not suitable for children under 6 years old, right? So 6 and above. Uh, and like you mentioned, audience members will be invited to participate in selected chorales during the performance. Yes, uh, did I miss anything? I think that's, that's it right that's a, so much to so much to look forward to but now for two lucky listeners uh you know david and the team have kindly offered uh two two sets of uh tickets but you just need to answer one quick question correctly which version of saint john passion is being performed is it a 1725 or b 1825. So just send me the correct answer, your full name, and most importantly, your email address. Send me a WhatsApp message to 018-789-8899. If you hear back from the producers, you're one of those two lucky listeners. Uh, and, and you can choose whichever performance you want. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today. Any any concluding message uh, before I let both of you go? I mean, this is going to be a wonderful experience. And uh I look forward to having many people. We don't have many tickets left. So I hope that if you are really interested, if you really want to come to this concert, get your tickets today from cloudjoy.com. Yes, so tickets are available at cloudjoy.com. Thank you for mentioning that. I missed that part. But, uh, Manuel, anything you wanted to add? Yes, yeah, so this is not a, a random bar piece. It's um, 
I would say one of uh, Bach's uh, most loved pieces. He performed St. John Passion. We didn't mention that. We were always talking about uh, second version, 1725. But there, so there in total four versions he performed at as as far as we know four times uh in leipzig and um the leipzig audience also loved this piece very very much okay all right so get your tickets folks just head over to cloudjoy.com that's cloudjoy.com but if you'd like to find out more about the work that uh you know that barkfest malaysia is doing just head to their website that's barkfestmalaysia.com or follow you on social media of course there's facebook instagram uh, anything else i'm missing TikTok yet? Not yet. Okay, we'll get to TikTok. <laughs> my thanks again uh, to both my guests. I was speaking to Professor Dr. David Chin, the founder and artistic director of Bachfest Malaysia, and Professor Dr. Manuel Beavald, a distinguished visiting Bach scholar for Bachfest Malaysia. We were talking about St. John Passion 1725 version. If you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my slash front dash row. You can also find it on the BFM app. This has been Front Row on the Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.